Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Cowboys Fan vs. the World podcast. It's your host with the most, Chris. I know, I know, I know. It's been crazy. I haven't been posting in a while. I haven't really been on social media either. It's been a real big, uh, I guess a distant time since the last time I've been on camera for the podcast. If you're listening in on Spotify, Amazon Music, or Apple Podcasts. I'm on all of them. It's been a while. It's been a long time. I know I did a return video with the Cult of Personality song. If you guys get where that's from, you get it. Thank you for that one. Um, so it has been a lot. So to kind of give you guys a little bit of a life update outside of the podcast and kind of give you a little bit of a reason why I haven't been so active on this platform and on this channel in a long time is, I believe it's been a bit about over a month now. Um, so if you haven't seen the last episode or you guys haven't, like, you don't know. So right now I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher and a coach uh, full-time. That's essentially what pays the bills. That's what gets everything done. That's kind of what gets me an opportunity, you know, to c- try to build the podcast more or, you know, kind of come up with some extra funds so that way the podcast can be better, you know, get some good stuff like that. And just if you're a teacher out there or a coach that listens into the podcast or whatever, if you ever want to go to that realm – it, it takes a lot of time out of your day. It really does. Um, I've learned that uh, pretty ev- evidently this season, which sucks because this is like the craziest NFL season that's happened in such a long time, at least in my recent memory. And that's what kind of sucks is that, I mean, it, it's a full-time job. Um, if any of you, like I said, teacher, coach, it, it's basically two jobs in one, especially teaching and coaching. But uh, I think the last time I talked to y'all, I was still in football season. I'm now in basketball season with my middle schoolers. And it's been going great, uh, loving the kids every day, seeing their growth, you know, they're putting in the hard work, you know, every week to improve every single week. We were able to pull off a double overtime win against a pretty good team over here. So it's been, it's been, it's been a crazy ride and definitely a big learning experience, at least from my end coaching and kind of going through that realm of seeing things from a coaching perspective, you know, kind of growing from that part, you know, and like I said, just enjoying, you know, the job at hand, you know, enjoying my boys and seeing their growth and improvement throughout the season. Definitely a lot of them, you know, like to make my gray hair, my hair gray and a lot of them like to get on my nerves, but Hey, I mean, I signed up for it and I'm liking coaching every single day, teaching, teaching, I mean, teaching's pretty tough in my opinion. So if any of you've never taught before, it, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. I mean, just really depends on, you know, kind of who you're around and kind of, you know, your teaching style. I'm starting to learn, you know, my teaching style, how I kind of connect with some kids. So definitely a big learning experience. But that's basically the reason why I haven't been so active on this channel and I haven't been able to produce content for you guys. I know a lot of people have actually been asking me. A lot of people have been missing the podcast, which I've missed it too. Don't get me wrong. Do not think that, oh, I'm going to take months off and we're good. I was actually supposed to do a Thanksgiving podcast episode before the Thanksgiving game, but I didn't get a chance to just because at that time I was uh, with my family and you know kind of being with them i haven't really i don't really see them that often so i wasn't able to hop on for an episode there and then we came back into school but now we're about to go to christmas break and shout out to any one of you college or if you're in, even in school right now you're a teacher you can tell you know you can 
you can attest to me. Need a break. Definitely need it right now. Um, but now I'll have more time to focus on the podcast for the next couple of weeks. You know, maybe start growing a routine of, you know, posting more consistently. That's ultimately my goal, especially since we're getting closer to the playoff time in the NFL. So very excited for that. Um, so a couple more things before we get into this podcast. I know we got a lot to talk about. So much has happened since I've been last time I've been on an episode or live here. So first up, happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays to you. I'm already feeling festive. Got the Christmas tree in the back. I already got a couple Christmas gifts ready to go for family and friends. Got a couple of cool things to shout out to all those family members and friends that got, you know, giving out gifts. It's the happiest time of the year right now. Uh, not really for me after this past Sunday, but Happy holidays to all of you out there. I hope you guys have a great holiday coming up. I believe Christmas is coming up this next coming week. Christmas Eve games. You got the Christmas game, Christmas Eve Eve, Boxing Day. Y'all know it. Y'all know the holiday season. I hope you are getting through, through it pretty well. Hope you guys are just, you know, flourishing your life right now. But without further ado, let's get into the podcast. So the last time since we spoke, Cowboys went on a pretty good run. Now they're 10-4 and four after losing to the Buffalo Bills. And uh, just, that game just that game deserves one of these. Just and I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. No, I I can't defend how poorly we played this past Sunday. Uh, this past Sunday against the Buffalo Bills, I had a lot of high hope against the Bills. I really did. Seven and six, they struggled a lot. And I mean, Josh Allen has struggled this season. I believe now he is tied for first in the NFL with turnovers, which when is he never not leading the league in turnovers? Like, let's just be honest here. When is he never not leading it? I believe last year he was like second after uh, including playoffs. He ended up being first overall in the NFL for turnovers. And years prior, he's always led the league in, in turnovers. But the thing that made me mad the most is that not even Josh Allen, because let's be honest, Josh Allen didn't play a game. He didn't play the perfect game. He just didn't. The person that killed us the most was James Cook. We could not stop the running game to save our lives. We just couldn't. And what was frustrating me is that we went out and drafted with our first-round pick, Mozzie Smith, and his whole purpose was to do that, to stop the run, because we saw how weak we were against the run defense last season. That was the only thing that was the killer, because we had a top defense last year. I think we were number one, but we couldn't stop the run. And that was the frustrating part that I saw on Sunday was that we weren't stopping the run. James Cook had a career day at the expense of the Dallas Cowboys defense, who's number three overall in the NFL. Now, what made me more mad about that is not even just that. It was just the offense couldn't get anything going. And I don't really use the weather thing as an excuse just because everyone has to play in it. You know, Buffalo has to play in the weather too, the rain and the wind, whatever. You can argue that they're more used to it because they play in an outdoor field. You can always make that argument. But in my opinion, it's just that you have to you have to be able to plan for maybe the run coming in a lot. And the crazy thing about the Buffalo Bills was that they don't run the ball a lot. And if they do, it usually goes through Josh Allen, mainly. Mainly Josh Allen runs the ball. They hardly... I believe with the last um, offensive coordinator, they rarely gave it to the running back, and now they switched it up uh, in the middle of the season, and now they're starting to run the ball a little bit more, and James Cook feasted on us, and that was that was just such a bad sign for the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, just as a Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, hyping up this defense to be borderline, you know, unscorable, or at least they can hold their ground or hold their own. They can make the big plays you know, when they can, and it's just that every playmaker on that team just didn't look like any of them playmakers, not even Micah, 
you know, because the Bills came up with a good offensive scheme to run the ball away from Micah, keep Micah away from the ball as much as they can to basically get him out, get him out of the equation, essentially. So that's what frustrated me more with that whole situation going on with the Buffalo Bills the other night. And now if we move over to the offense, what frustrated me in that one was that we just couldn't move the ball. You know, I don't think the Buffalo Bills defense is nearly as good as the Dallas Cowboys one. So the fact that they were able to get sacks, they were able to shut down Dak Prescott and that high offense, it was just that, I don't know, it was just like something was missing or something was gone. Like this was not the team that went against Philly and took it to Philly, took it to all these other teams. We looked like the 49ers Cowboys that just lost Trayvon Smith, uh, Trayvon Diggs, sorry, not Trayvon Smith, Trayvon Diggs. And we, you know, we we lose to the Cardinals, and then we lose to pretty bad to San Francisco. And we can't have too many of those. We just can't. I think Dak Dak that night was like barely over a hundred yards, one interception, which was in garbage time, anyways. And Tony Pollard was not was a non-factor. I believe the only touchdown that we really had was Ceedee Lamb, who ran like an end around or something like that. And you could just see it like on Ceedee Lamb's face and just everyone that they're just so frustrated with the game and how it's turning out and it was so it was just so invigorating to me that like how that whole game unfolded like there's no way we should ever be playing that bad there's no way that we our defense should be even allowing that many points on top of Dallas's offense not being able to move now i can understand if the bills the bills plan was to you know run down the clock as much as they can to not allow Dallas to get the ball but it was just the the two high safeties, you know, that took away the deep threat, that took away the vertical from C. Lamb and Brandon Cooks. It just it just looked like now we didn't know what to do. Now we look like the what we what we looked like against the 49ers, you know, trying to dink and dunk, and then you know defenses sniff it out, and now we can't move the ball anymore. We can't run it because Tony Pollard wasn't moving, and then Zach Martin got hurt. It was just overall a disaster for the Dallas Cowboys this past Sunday, and it was just it was just frustrating to watch, in my opinion. And as a Cowboys fan, it just frustrated me, and it gave me a little worry. Here's why. Not because of the offense. I think we can always go back and refix things. My worry, the worry I have for the Dallas Cowboys right now is stopping the run. Because look at the teams we're going to have to go up against in the playoffs if for some reason we get the wild card. We get the wild card, we got to go up against the 49ers who have Christian McCaffrey, and we all saw what happened there last time we went to Levi Stadium. Then... You look at, if we have to get the Seahawks again, they have Kenneth Walker, who had a big game last night, which we're going to talk about the Eagles game and the Kenneth Walker drive with Drew Locke. We'll talk about that later. And then you think about other teams we have to go up against, like uh, Detroit, who has Jameer Gibbs, who is flourishing right now. Uh, The Buccaneers, not so much, but the Eagles, if they ever decide to run the ball with DeAndre Swift, they can, you know, they can do some damage. And some of these teams can do damage. I think maybe a couple of them may not, but who we're going to see down the road in the playoffs is going to be the biggest, is my biggest concern because we have to keep in mind, we're going up against teams that can run the ball pretty good. Let's keep that in mind. Let's start with the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, who's probably, he's looking like he's about, he may win MVP pretty soon because he's having a great season, which my opinion, not Brock Purdy. We'll get to that later. Now, he he's doing great. That offense, that 49ers offense moves with Christian McCaffrey. He's a, been a big help. That's probably the best investment they've ever made this um, this past couple years. 
Then let's move on to Philadelphia, which we would have to go, if we go to the wild card, we have to go to Philadelphia if we have to see them. And we got to go up against them in their territory with DeAndre Swift. If they just run the ball more with DeAndre Swift, they probably would be getting farther. But I don't know. With how weak we looked against the Bills, that would be my biggest concern. And then you go to the Detroit Lions, who Jameer Gibbs is having a great season, a great rookie season, mind you. And that's even more concerning. If C.J. Stroud wasn't having such a great year, maybe Jameer Gibbs might win Rookie of the Year for offense. But C.J. Stroud's doing amazing right now. So when you look at all those teams, and then you look at who else, like who we're going to face in the playoffs, it's it's not a good look. It's not a good sign. It, it, it really freaks me out because we need to be able to stop the run. That's going to be our biggest component to try to shut down if we see the 49ers in the NFC Championship or if we have to see them in the Divisional or if we have to see Philadelphia again or Detroit again because more likely we're going to see those three, one of those three teams again. We may have to play Philly three times in a year. We may have to play the 49ers for a second time or we may have to play the Lions for a second time. Now, even if, like, for some reason we play the Bucks or the Saints, which we'll talk about the Buccaneers and my man Baker Mayfield, we are, you know, we got to go up against a running game. And if teams learn that they can just run the ball all willy-nilly all over that defense, we are going to be in such a big problem because we, if we can't stop it, we can't stop it. And then on top of that, a lot of these teams we're going up against in the playoffs are teams that can also throw, who have superstars like A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel, um, Justin Jefferson, if Minnesota gets there, Amon Ross St. Brown with Detroit, you know, and all those teams, Mike Evans, another one. And there's those teams that we're going to see in the playoffs that can also throw on top of run. It's going to be bad news bears for the Dallas Cowboys, especially why do you run the ball to throw it? Because once you run, 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 they bring a blitz, play action, bada bing, bada boom, it's a touchdown. Now, I think Dan Quinn will go back into the lab and reevaluate what he needs to do. Maybe Jonathan Hackins comes back from injury. Maybe Mozzie Smith needs a little bit more time before he starts going out there. But hopefully the Dallas Cowboys defense can hopefully get it figured out. I think offense is just, you know, everyone deserves to have a bad day. Everyone does. That's why I'm kind of upset about the whole dropping MVP thing with Dak. So now let's look at these situations here. If, if somehow we fix everything, then we could get to the NFC Championship. If we can shut down the runs again, I think we'll be fine. We'll probably have to face San Francisco at some point in time, so we will have to see what goes on with there. But all I'll have to say is as long as we can fix the run game, uh, fixing the run defense, I think we'll still be fine. But we have a tough challenge ahead of us with the Miami Dolphins, so we'll see what happens there and kind of just go about it from that direction. So, Sticking with the Dallas Cowboys, let's talk about um, let's talk about Dak Prescott here and his MVP chase. Um, do I still think he may be able to win the MVP? Yes, I do. I do think Dak Prescott still can win MVP. I know these last couple these games are going to be critical. They're going to be very very critical, and the loss against Buffalo is not a good sign. But here's my thing: if you look at the other teams that we went up against, it's it's not as the or the other uh, people that are up for MVP. They're all still not having a great season. Like, here's my problem. So here are the MVPs in my opinion. Here's who I think are in the lead right now for MVP. Right now, I still think it's tied between Dak Prescott and Tyreek Hill. I think they're both right there. And then it's going to be Lamar. Then it's going to be Patrick. And maybe not, no, not even Jalen. Christian McCaffrey, sorry. Or sorry, no, my bad. 
it'd be Tyreek and Dak tied, Lamar, um, Christian McCaffrey, and Patrick Mahomes, which you may switch McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. So here's why I think Dak can still somehow find a way to win the MVP. He still has three games left, and he still has a chance to win the division from the from the Philadelphia Eagles. He still has a chance to rebound and go and go get them into the playoffs, or at least get out of a get out of a wild card game, or not even get out of a wild card game. But he doesn't have to play on the road the whole the whole playoff series. So if he can somehow manage that and take it to the next three games, which is Miami, Detroit. And the Commanders, which either way, we'll see what happens if he plays against the Commanders. You still can't take away from the great season that he had. He has great numbers. I believe he's second in a lot of things. I believe he was first in, uh, I believe, completion percentage. And he was first in passing touchdowns for a while. You can't take those away from him and from the great season he's had. But especially a great rebound season from last year where he was turned the ball over like a maniac. And now this season, he's rarely turned the ball over, which I said was a fluke. I did say that in the beginning of the year. I said that I think last season was a fluke because he doesn't average that many turnovers. And this year, he's proven so. And then he has all the great numbers, all the great wins that he's had. And what? I think only three or four games he's had bad games. When you look at the other teams that or the other players, the only one that really can have an argument to win is Tyree Kill. Here's why. Tyreek Hill is on pace to beat Megatron's record of the most receiving yards ever in a season. On track. Obviously, he missed last week's game. But he can still win it. He can win it if he breaks that record, in my opinion. If he breaks it, there's like no question about, about it. He should win the MVP. But, I mean, it's a, it's a quarterback's game. It's a quarterback's uh, award either way. So even if he did break it and broke probably the receiving uh, touchdown record, Maybe he still wouldn't get it, but I think he should get it if he does break the record. Then you look at uh, Chris. Let's do. I actually like Christian McCaffrey more. Christian McCaffrey in front of Lamar Jackson. Let's put Christian McCaffrey there. He's a difference maker on that 49ers team. You take away him in the run game, it's not even the best. Here's why I don't put Brock Purdy though. I don't put Brock Purdy in because the three games that he didn't do well, Debo Samuel and Trent Williams were not there. Dak, on the other hand, on his other bad games, his whole team was there. You know, he really he rarely had anybody injured, but you can tell without Debo, Brock Purdy was not able to function. Without Trent Williams there, he was not able to function. Without Trent Williams there, um, Christian McCaffrey was he was still doing good, but that offense wasn't able to move with Brock Purdy without Debo or without Trent. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's one of them. It may be McCaffrey or Debo, but I believe it's more McCaffrey because I think McCaffrey really opens up the offense because you have to not only worry about Debo Samuel, you have to worry about Christian McCaffrey. And I remember a couple years ago when Debo was playing running back and wide receiver and they had that cool that freaking killer combo of that receiver running back. But I mean, you shut down Debo Samuel, you give him enough tackles, what is he going to do? Absolutely nothing because he's tired, he's hurt. So, having Christian McCaffrey there has just opened up that offense. He's a great running back. On top of that, he could play wide out pretty well thanks to his dad, Ed McCaffrey. So you put all those elements together, you're going to have a pretty good team. So I think that out of both of them, I think McCaffrey should be ahead. Now, now if he won those three games without McCaffrey, without uh, Debo and without Trent, I think Brock Purdy would probably be running away with it right now. But that's what I think is that I think McCaffrey is the main guy, especially since the crazy year he's having right now. So I believe Christian McCaffrey is in the lead right now for the 49ers team. Then let's look at Lamar Jackson. He's doing pretty good. Um, he usually does pretty decently. And then I want to throw in maybe Patrick Mahomes just because he's trying to get it done with nobody catching the ball and they're still finding a way to win games. 
Reason why I don't put Jalen Hurts there, because I do not reward quarterbacks who turn the ball over so much. Why would we give the MVP to a quarterback who's turned the ball over 17 times, almost as much as Josh Allen? And that was my other problem when some people put Josh Allen in the MVP conversation, because he's still turning the ball over. He's 7-6. and six. And also for Jalen Hurts, his only reason why he was in the why he was in the MVP race is because they were winning games. But I don't reward bad turnovers. I I don't. And the but the difference between them and Patrick Mahomes is Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is still trying to get it done with these receivers not really helping him. I mean, we all saw what happened to Kadarius Tony. Freaking drop the ball, interception. Just you know, everyone's double covering Travis Kelsey. It's it's just been going crazy for the Kansas City Chiefs, and now maybe the Tyreek no Tyree kill is starting to affect them. We'll get to that a little bit more later. So let's so keep going here with Dak Prescott with the great year he's having and all the numbers he's putting up. I mean, you can't deny he he's up there in the MVP conversation. He has to be now. Whether you think it's because well everyone else is not having a great year is up to you, but. I believe he should still be up there. I mean, everyone's allowed to have a bad game as long as he re- if he can rebound and replicate rep, rep, replicate what he's been doing all season. I believe that he should still be able to be up there in that conversation with Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey to win the MVP. Alrighty, so moving on to the next order of business, we're looking at around the NFL uh, this past week. <laughs> crazy, crazy week. First off, we got to talk about my man, the newest addition also to the Cowboys Fan vs. the World podcast setup. My man, Baker Mayfield, because he's feeling dangerous every single day. He felt dangerous against the Green Bay Packers, 34-20. to 20. Woo! I was telling everybody. And, 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 cherry on top of it all. He's leading the division in the NFC South. And I'm so excited about that because if you, I don't know if you all remember. Uh, some of you may remember if you watched the episode. I made a bet with a buddy of mine. And right now, he's been talking mad trash to me uh, because the Buccaneers season has not been the greatest. And he's you know he's making fun of me, saying you're going to look good in that New York Yankees hat. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am a Boston Red Sox fan. And so here's my bet with my buddy. I bet I bet my buddy that Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers will win the division and make the playoffs, which basically they're going to win the division. Now, could I have doubled down to do the wild card? I said no uh, to make playoffs. I said no, and here's why, because I think there would have been too many good teams that were going to be in the wild card this year. So like kind of the teams I expected to be in the wild card, which was either going to be Cowboys or the Eagles. It was probably going to be the Vikings and maybe one more team. I was thinking it was going to be the Packers. Or not the Packers, the Bears. Nah, Bears, which have been we're having a weird season too. But I fit I knew I had a feeling the Buccaneers were gonna win this season, even with Baker Mayfield coming in brand new with all the weapons that they have. And guess who's leading the division? Mr. Field Dangerous himself. I got the Baker Mayf- Baker Mayfield Funko pop right here. It is him with Cleveland. That's the only one that I found. If you're listening to this on Apple on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Music. That Baker Mayfield podcast when he was with Cleveland. I also have an OU jersey of Baker Mayfield. I've actually been wanting a Baker Mayfield Buccaneers jersey. Still trying to get my hands on that. If y'all got any connections, you can hit me up. Send it on over. But I'll probably wait for a podcast episode if they win if they win the division. Maybe I will. So now let's keep going here. So he won his game pre- with a big explanation point. 341 yards of, of passing offense, four touchdowns, and 158 QBR 
rate uh, passer rating, which I be- or QBR rating, which was is perfect. And I believe there hasn't been a quarterback that has thrown a perfect QBR in Lambeau Field ever. I believe he's the first quarterback to ever do it, or he's did it done it in such a long time. I've been telling y'all, y'all been sleeping on my man Baker and those Buccaneers. Now, has it looked pretty? Absolutely not. No, it has not. I believe the biggest weakness right now for the Buccaneers is, I think, the offensive line. I think the offensive line is not up to where it was last year or the year before with uh, with Brady. I believe that the defense is not where I thought it was when I start, when I started debating with Baker Mayfield winning the division because I believe they have a better defense. I believe they have the best defense in the NFC South. Now it's it's a little suspect, and the offensive line has not been doing great because a lot of the times that a lot of the things I've been seeing with the Buccaneers is not even that, not even the fact that like they're losing. It's the matter of you know they're not blocking. He's getting sacked a lot, and on top of all that, like sorry about that, and on top of all that, like they're just not moving the ball sometimes because Baker Mayfield can't throw. He can't throw the ball. But here's the thing though: you start looking at his stats, they're not bad. With a bad line that has not been blocking very well as in years past, he's still not doing bad overall. Like, I'm pulling up his stats right now. So, if you look at his stats for the for this past season, he's completed 63.5% of his passes. He's passed for 3,000, uh, 3,000 yards, over 3,000 yards. He has 24 touchdowns to only 8 interceptions with a 94 rating, which has been his best uh, season thus far. I believe the closest one that's been pretty good was 2020, the year he went to the playoffs and almost beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, mind you. And now he's replicating it with a Buccaneers team with a subpar defense and a subpar offensive line, a running game that's not really, it's really non-existent. Rashad White, he has his moments. There are games he looks really great, and then there's games where he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. And I feel we should, we should have just gone, they should have just gone to get a running back. But I've said it in the beginning, they have enough weapons and enough tools to make sure that they can make the playoffs. They have more than enough wide receiver to help. In Mike Evans, one of the greatest to ever do it, future Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, Chris Godwin, another great wide receiver, Super Bowl champion, tight end kind of, and they can get it done. They they can get it done. I think just the offensive line needs to get better and the defense needs to get a little bit better and bada bing bada boom, they're freaking running away with the South. Now, you look at the rest of their team the rest of their games though, I believe this upcoming week, they have the Jaguars, which is really 50-50. They can either play um, the Jaguars, who, have, who haven't been playing that great. Their, their offense is kind of eh. You can move on their defense. Or you're going to get the Jaguars, who have the next and up-and-coming Peyton Manning in Trevor Lawrence. You just never know. You're, they're kind of inconsistent. There are flashes where they look like they're going to go deep into the playoffs. And then there's other times where maybe the Texans should be in the lead right now. So... That's really my biggest thing with them, and I believe after they're done, after this week, they get the, I believe it's the uh, the Saints. Yeah, they get the Saints, and then they get the Carolina Panthers to end the season. So, if anything, they need to win this week, and I believe the Saints play, uh, let me find it real quick. The Saints play... The, 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 they, they play the Rams. Okay, so right now, first and second in the division right now is the Buccaneers and the Saints right now are both tied for their division right now. Like they're, both, they're both right there for the NFC South. Now, the Buccaneers are up right now because they have 
I believe they've only lost th- they've only lost one game in the conference. So that's why they're ahead of the Saints. They're about I think they're about I think they're about like a game and a half ahead of the Saints. So even if they finish out the same record, as long as the Buccaneers keep that you know little ahead of the of those division opponents, they should be good. But the Saints have the Rams coming up, and the Rams haven't been looking that bad to be honest. They're starting to move the ball. Sa- uh, Matthew Stafford starting to get comfortable with Cooper Cup and uh, Puka Nakua um, being there. So, I mean, the Saint the Saints got their work cut off for them. They haven't looked great this year either. And then uh, Atlanta, Arthur Smith's getting fired. Like, let's just be honest here. Arthur Smith's probably going to get fired. Speaking of firing, we're going to talk about the Chargers here in a second. So, we'll have to see what happens with the Saints because I believe the Saints have uh, the Rams and then they play the Buccaneers and then I believe they play the Falcons, which, I mean, either way, I think the Falcons, who do they have next? They have the Colts, which is 50-50 right now because Garner Minshew is looking great. So we'll have to see and keep an eye on the the rest of the NFC South. But ooh, my man Baker feeling dangerous, and this is why I've said in the beginning: Do I do I think that the NFC South right now is the strongest conference? No, but this is exactly where I believe Baker Mayfield needed to go. Was a conference that really they have nothing to lose. They just lost Tom Brady to retirement. The division's going to be weak anyways. It's up for grabs for anybody, and it has been. The Saints were in the lead, the Falcons were in the lead, and then the Buccaneers got in the lead, so it's real up in the air right now. But this was a division that's winnable for Baker Mayfield, you know, not being there for a longer period of time. And having these great stats, it may earn him a contract because I remember a lot of people thinking, all right, how long will Baker Mayfield last before they start tanking? And they just go with Kyle Trask. They cut Baker Mayfield, or they don't resign him. They just go get Caleb Williams or Bo Nix or whoever's coming in, the whoever's gonna come, whoever they want to come in. So, but now, but now, they're doing decent. Baker Mayfield hasn't turned the ball over nearly as much as other quarterbacks in the NFL. They're they may win the division. So they just start building people around him. Give him a little two year, three year contract that can give him a little nice pay. Thank you for your service and go get. And then give some money to Mike Evans and then go rebuild everything else from there? I think it's not a bad idea. I really don't think so because now they see that Baker Mayfield can work in their offense because he just threw for over 300 yards and over four, and over three touchdowns in a game. And there were other games where he threw for three touchdowns where they should have won the game. I, I can't remember the game off the top of my head where that happened, but I remember there was a game where he threw three touchdowns and the defense let him down. There were a couple times where they should have won more games, but their tight ends dropped the ball. So this is going to be very like crucial for Baker Mayfield in his career right now. If he can somehow find a way to win, get his team into the playoffs, win the division. If he wins his division his first year there, then I don't see why there's a reason to replace the quarterback. Other than, you know, maybe you don't like the guy, which over there, everyone loves Baker. He loves it in Tampa. So I would say... If if he can win you all the division, or maybe even sneak you into the playoffs, why 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 try to reinvent the wheel when you can just keep him, veteran quarterback, give uh find a way to pay Mike Evans, and then bring in some guys to help out on offense and defense. I think that's the way the Buccaneers should go, and I believe that's maybe the route, the direction they may take going in. Because I mean, they'll probably be end up saving money, re-signing Baker to a kind of a, a kind of a small contract, than trying to go get a rookie in the first round and have to reteach him the ropes and not even a guarantee the top QBs in the draft this year are going to be there when they when the Buccaneers arrive especially since they're kind of doing all right they may be a a mid-teen uh a mid-teen uh first round draft pick 
uh, depending on where they go. Maybe high teens, depending what how the rest of these three games go. So who knows? But I don't think they should go on with the quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield fits fine in Tampa Bay. That culture, everybody loves his energy. They're excited. I mean, to me, this looks like that excited, that old school, you know, excited Baker Mayfield from OU who would get hyped up, score touchdowns, he'd run full speed, go celebrate with his guys. That's the kind of guy you want. That's the kind of guy I would want, especially coming in, trying to help this team out. And, I mean, they may go to the division. Just saying. They may win it. And, oh, I didn't tell you my part. So, my buddy Tito and I, so, Tito betted, uh, this is the buddy, so he betted that I would have to wear a Yankees hat if the Buccaneers don't win the division. Now, if I win and Baker wins the division, he has to wear my OU Buccaneers jersey to to, to his college, because he's in college right now, he has to wear it to school. And I'm going to laugh so hard when he has to wear it. I already got it ready for him. I said I'll make it smell good. I'll iron it out for him. I'll make sure it looks nice and pretty for my buddy out there. Just so he'll look good in that OU red. <laughs> All right, so moving on around the NFL. Big, big news out of this one. Chargers fans, rejoice, rejoice. Don, ding dong, Brandon Stanley is gone. He's gone. Chargers fans have been waiting two years for this. He's finally been fired after losing, what, 63 to, to 10 or something like that? Wow, that was horrible, which I was mad. I was really mad about that because I had Austin Eckler for fantasy, and he didn't do anything for me in that game, and I picked him up in DraftKings because, not to gamble, I do like a free one with my family just for fun, and... He got me nothing. He got me nothing. And I drafted him because I saw he was playing the Raiders. I thought he would have a good game. And they get blown out 63 to freaking 10. Oh, that was so, that was so frustrating. But on top of all that, I mean, it, it was coming. We all knew he was going to get fired eventually. Like This was a long time doing. This is a little overdue in my opinion. But Brandon Stanley is has been fired. And... I think just the way he kind of presented himself, you know, because the defense wasn't doing great. They hired Kellen Moore, and things aren't working out with Kellen Moore. I mean, that offense really wasn't improving as much. But now it begs the question, was it, Kel was it Kellen Moore or was it Dak Prescott? We'll have to figure that out after the season. So, with the Chargers losing Brandon Staley, I'm not sure. I don't think they've reported who's going to be the interim head coach. Um, it may be Kellen Moore just because he's offensive coordinator, but sticking to Brandon here, I mean, the, the way he kind of carried himself was really the biggest problem, I think, uh, for the Chargers, and kind of the biggest problem for him was really just how he carried himself. You know, he was like, I'm not changing the defense. I don't care if, you know, whatever, whatever. Real Arthur Smith type, you know, sticking to his guns and letting his pride be his downfall, and... That's what I thought was kind of the funniest thing was that he let his pride be the problem because once his pride came in, he was saying, I'm calling the defense. I don't care what anyone says. I'm calling it. And your defense is not performing, even though they got Khalil Mack, Derwin James. They went and got uh, a Dory Jackson, I believe, for free safety. And they have some goons. They have goons on that defense, but they're not stopping anybody. Like, they're just not. And that's been the case for the last two, three years is that. They have Justin Herbert there trying to, you know, get that offense to move. They have great offensive weapons. They have, on paper, a pretty decent defense, but they're not moving the ball. They're not stopping the ball. And that's all Brandon Stangley because he's a defensive-minded coach. If you're a defensive-minded coach, in my opinion, and your defense can't stop anybody, there, there's a big problem. You need to be defensive coordinator is what that, need, is what that means. You need to be defensive coordinator, not the head coach. So 
with all that being said, I mean, I, like I said, I kind of expected this to happen. I didn't think it was going to be right now. I mean, might as well. If you're the Chargers, I mean, Justin Herbert got hurt, so he's probably not coming back. You don't want to risk any more injury with him. I mean, the defense still isn't improved, has not improved in the past couple years. They're not stopping anybody. They're not dominant. I don't even think they're our top 15 defense. I mean, he's the head coach. He's the defensive guy, and he's not getting the job done. So what do you have to do? I just thought they would fire him at the end of the season just to, like, let's finish it out. Let's just ride out the storm, and then, shoo, you're out. They fired him. And I think because that's, that 63-10 uh, to 10 loss, or 14, whatever that was, that big loss was just the camel, the straw that broke the camel's back because, there's, I mean, how, what do you explain? Like, there's nothing you could do to, like, even come close to explaining that. Like, even the Giants defense and the and the Jets that gave up 40 points to the Cowboys, I mean, the, the defensive coordinator, I mean, like, what can you explain, you know? Now, I think that's a little bit of a different situation probably because the Dallas Cowboys offense was just so explosive. And then you look at the Raiders, who are on, like, their, what, their third quarterback this season because Garoppolo's been hurt. Aiden O'Connell got hurt, which I think they had to go with another guy. Um, Josh Jacobs wasn't having a good year. They lost Darren Waller, and somehow they scored 63 points. 63? That is... It's almost as crazy as the Miami game. Almost as crazy. But it's just, to me, it's so dumbfounded that that defensive-minded head coach allowed 63 points with a Raiders team who has is not that hasn't been good this year you know or not that they haven't been good but it's just that I mean you know they're not they're not doing as well you know as everyone thought they might they haven't been good for the past two years and they had a go they have another um interim head coach right now because I believe Josh McDaniels got fired too so it's been a, it's been a wild roller coaster for the Raiders and somehow they still dropped 63 points on a defensive minded uh, head coach yeah it's kind of a no-brainer that you got fired buddy so who knows what's the next step for the LA Chargers what's gonna be the next step for Brandon Stagley hopefully you know good luck to him in his future endeavors I'm sure that's what the Chargers told him so we'll have to see what's the next step for the Chargers uh as of this recording or at least that I haven't seen they have not uh, reported who's going to be the interim head coach coming up. They may report it in the next couple days, so keep your eyes on that. It may be Kellen Moore. Maybe he'll have a little bit more say in what he wants to run the offense. Maybe things will change, but maybe not because of Josh uh, Justin Herbert not being there. Keenan Allen's been listed questionable for a little bit, so we'll have to wait and see what ends up happening with them. Alrighty, so next up, we are heading on over to our NFC East rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles. First, they're on a three-game losing streak. Let's talk about the game last night. <laughs> ah, Drew Locke, thank you for being Mizzou Drew Locke, not Denver Drew Locke. Mizzou coming in clutch with the, with the rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba to win the game against Philadelphia. Oh, my God. That was – it was so – so after the Cowboys game lost, I was that was the other thing I was frustrated was that now we have to rely on a team to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. It was reported that uh, Jalen Hurts was sick, he may not play, and then on game day he said he's ready to go, he's going to go, please expect to start, he's sick, whatever. So here was my thing. Here was my thing. So in the game, I mean, they just didn't run the ball. With a sick quarterback who's turning the ball over a lot, you would think that they would possibly run the ball. With DeAndre Swift, who they traded for, they would think that they would give him the ball instead of making a sick quarterback try to throw it. And then on top of that, 
their defensive coordinator that they changed all the way this late in the year with Matt Patricia. Matt, number two pencil Patricia, haven't heard that name in a while, came in and still nothing changed. And they made all these additions to the defense. They went out and got Kevin Byard from the Tennessee Titans. They got uh, Shaquille ne- uh, Leonard from the Colts who got cut. Still nothing. They still were not able to stop people. And it's been, I mean, that was just a crazy game uh, from what I've heard. I wasn't able to watch it because I had a basketball game that night, so I really didn't catch it. I just saw the highlights, and I saw that catch and that last-second drive. Kenneth Walker from Seattle. Oh, my God, he had such a good game. Drew Locke, I mean, he's learning under Geno Smith. I mean, that's exactly what you want from a quarterback that's been learning under Geno Smith in Seattle. I mean, it's a perfect person to learn from right now. Uh, is Gino because he's ha- he's doing such a good job. Pete Carroll, amazing coach, hands down, just an amazing coach. Uh, turning around, Drew Locke, freaking came. He's coming in, taking over, which is great. He just beat one of the top teams in the NFC. But let's move on to the Eagles. Ha, Eagles! Ah, that's funny. And this is the thing I've thought about for a while now. For the Eagles, the rent is due. Here's what I mean. So, if you look at the rest of the season like I have, I, I predicted it in the beginning of the year that the Eagles were not going to be as dominant as they were last year. They lost seven starters on that defensive uh, side. They lost their, both their coordinators. They had to bring in new guys. And I said they were going to struggle. And I was th- and as the season was going, I was thinking, oh, maybe I was crazy. Maybe not. Then I saw the Jets game and they lose to the Jets. And I started laughing and thinking, okay, here's the downfall of the Philadelphia Eagles. Then they started winning. But here's what I noticed about their wins. Some of their games, most of their games actually, they were barely getting by. And that was the main reason why Jalen Hurts was in the MVP conversation was because they were still winning games. Even though he was turning the ball over, they were finding a way to win. And even though I think it was maybe some sort of ref luck that the opposite team got a foul, a flag, whatever, and it pushed them back, and then they had another chance to get them, or... Kansas City, when uh, Valdez-Scantley drops the, a perfect pass from Patrick Mahomes to lose the game. And, you know, the Dallas Cowboys game, which they should have lost, but two flags go against the Cowboys, pushes them back out of range, and they have to throw do a long, a long throw that was short by two yards. Even though Dak Prescott outplayed Jalen Hurts, who was an MVP candidate last year and a Super Bowl contender this past year, or this last year, and... He still outplayed him, and then Dak Prescott outplayed him again. They've lost three games in a row. And this is what I mean by the dew is up for the Philadelphia Eagles. For this entire season, they, everyone had this notion of the Eagles are back, they're unstoppable. No, I didn't believe that at all. Looking at those games, and they were barely getting by, the time was coming, and I was waiting. I was patiently waiting, like my man Stephen A. Smith said. Just wait. Things, uh, bad things will happen. You just have to wait. And I waited patiently, and then they get their butts kicked by the 49ers, then us, and then they lose to Seattle, who is not that strong this year, as they were last year. And they lose three games in a row. Now they have the Giants, Cardinals, and the Giants again. Now, this is what I mean by the the, the dew is cut, and now the dew is here, and now they're barely able to perform. Because everything's starting to catch up to Philadelphia. That crazy offense that they had last past year, now it's not there anymore. Except for that stupid tush-push play that no one can stop. But people are catching up. People are figuring out how Jalen Hurts work. They're forcing him to turn the ball over. They're refusing to run the ball, which is fine because then guess what? All you have to do is stop Jalen Hurts. Even though he's athletic, super athletic, mind you, he is still you know, struggling with this year, you know, trying to pass the ball, even though he has weapons like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown 
and DeAndre and whoever else he has. Dallas Goddard just came back and he's still struggling. And on top of that, the defense that lost seven starters on that side of the ball is trying to figure out what they're trying to do. They had to change coordinators. They went out and got two guys and they traded for Kevin Byard and they signed uh, Leonard off from the Colts who just got cut and they still can't stop anybody on defense. This is what I mean by the due time is here. Now you've got to pay the piper because you were so content on skating by Nick Sirianni is go acting like, an, like a fool. You know, talk about where are you at, Chiefs fans? Where are you at? Now you're not talking. Now he's not talking. Now where where's his now where's his deal? Now his overrated team is being exposed for who in my opinion the overratedness that they are because they were not winning games dominantly like they were last year. They just weren't. They were winning games, yes, but if you if Mar if those calls didn't get played by Dallas, Dallas would have won that game. Um if Patrick Mahomes' receivers would catch the ball, that's another loss. They should have lost to I believe it was the Patriots. They should have lost to the Patriots. There was a lot of teams they should have lost to, and they didn't. And that is what's been the killer, and that's what made me mad, is that there's no way they're still skating by this season, and everyone still thinks that they're the dominant big bad Eagles, because they're not. You can't say that they're the big bad Eagles if their defense is not even performing at the level that they were last year. Jalen Hurts has more, has more than, I believe, triple the inter or close to triple his turnover ratio this season, with fumbles and interceptions, I believe he doubled the numbers in interceptions this past year. And you're telling me that they're dominant. Because they're not. There's only been like two two teams that they blew uh, blown out, which I think was Miami and the Buccaneers. Every other game that they've had has been close. And then they played actual good teams like the 49ers, who has a proven offense that can run pretty easily and heavily effectively. And they freaking got killed. They had a defense that can actually that actually is a good defense to go up against, and their offense couldn't move. Then they go to Dallas and play in Dallas's turf. Could not stop Dak Prescott. They couldn't stop CeeDee Lamb. Couldn't stop Brandon Cooks. They could not get past that defense. So you tell me. And then this past week, they lost to a backup quarterback in Drew Locke in the last second. And you're and now is it time to worry for the Philadelphia Eagles? It might be. I mean, they're on, they're on a downward spiral right now. And right now, yes, they do control their destiny in the NFC East. If they win out, they win the division. But if Dallas catches, Dallas is catching up. They're staying one win as long as they can stay a, win, a half a game ahead of the Eagles. We're gonna be fine. Really, we like the Cowboys need to win out, and then the Eagles have to lose a game to basically go to the wild card. They're both. I mean, the Eagles have a spot in the playoffs no matter what. Either they're gonna win the division or they're gonna go to the wild card. Either way, it's not looking good for them. This is a downward trend that I've been waiting for. I mean, it's true. Like the amount of times I've heard from Philadelphia fans that we're gonna they're gonna win the division, which I said the Cowboys are. Now, is it a rough way to win the division? Yes, I believe so, but it's also because Philadelphia should have lost more games than they've won. They've given that false persona of we're still a dominant team like we were last year, when in reality, they're really not. You don't lose seven starters on your defense and then lose your offensive coordinator and say you're still dominant, because that's not true. You're not. And that's been evident throughout the season is they haven't been dominant. They're finding ways to win, sure, but there's also times where they just lucked out that things went their way. And now things aren't going their way this late in the season, and it may cost them the division. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen with the Philadelphia Eagles and where they go from there. But alrighty guys, last thing before we wrap up this episode of my return, uh, got some NFL, uh, games for Christmas. 
Very excited for that. I hope you guys are going to have a great holiday this year. So, first up, on Thursday, the Saints and the Rams. Who do I got? This is going to be uh, Chris Voss's picks for Week 16. So, Saints and the Rams. I got, I'm got. i going to go with the Rams. I think the Rams are coming back, and they're going to be fine. This uh, They're going to be fine against the Saints. Saints haven't been strong this year. Bengals and Steelers. I don't know. Can't you can't can't sleep on Jake Browning. Can't sleep on him. The Steelers haven't been doing great. Mason Rudolph uh, makes his return to the starting lineup. I'm still gonna go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals still have a lot of talent. T. Higgins has been balling out with Jake. All right, Bills and the Chargers. I'm gonna take the Bills just because. I mean, the the Chargers are basically in a down a downwards uh, plank right now. Who knows who's gonna be the interim head coach as of this recording? All right, Commanders and the Jets. You know what? I'll give it to my man Jeff. I think the Jets can win this one because the Commanders have not been looking great this uh, leg of the season. So who knows what's going to happen with them? But I mean, Zach Wilson could pull off another great performance or something like that. I think the Jets could probably win that one. Lions and the Vikings. Um, Christmas Eve. This is the Christmas Eve games, by the way. Uh, the Bills game was Saturday. That was Christmas Eve. Eve. Uh, Commanders game was the twenty fourth. Who I have the Jets winning. Uh, the Lions and the Vikings, I'm going to go with the Lions. I think they're a pretty safe pick just because Dobbs, the Dobbs magic is ro uh, roaring off. Basically, Browns and the Texans, ooh, the battle of the backups. Ooh, I think that, that one's going to be the game to watch, I think, in my opinion. It's going to be a pretty good game. I, I don't know, Joe Flacco magic, Joe Flacco magic. I may have to go with the Browns on this one. Joe Flacco came off the couch and is just killing it over there. All right, Packers and the Panthers, I think the Packers are going to come right back, get a bounce back win. Seahawks and the Titans. The Titans have been all over the place. I think the Seahawks are going to win that one. Falcons and the Colts. Ooh. That's going to be a good one. But, hey, Minshew Mania. Minshew Mania has gone wild uh, in Indianapolis. I'm going to go with the Colts. Buccaneers and the Jaguars. Ah, I, I, love, I love my guy Baker. I, I like him a lot. But uh, something tells me those Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is trying to win that division. So I, I wouldn't sleep on him either. So I'm going to go with the Jags on that one. Cowboys and the Dolphins in Miami Christmas Eve. Ah, I'm going to go with my Cowboys just because I think we're going to fix it. I think Dan Quinn will find a way to shut down uh, Raheem Mostert and uh, Devon Achan. And I don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to play or not. He may, but, I mean, just double cover him and hope for the best. That's basically all you can do. Then all we have to do is shut down Jalen Waddle. So I think we have enough to maybe shut down the Dolphins, but it's really going to come down to maybe offense whose offense can perform, and I think Dak's going to have a bounce-back game. I think the Cowboys, because they need it so bad, they're going to try to, they're going to get the win. Cardinals and, ah, Bears. Um, mm. I think maybe the Bears, all right? Yeah, I'll give it to the Bears, because I think that Justin Fields is just basically trying to play at this point to not lose his starting job, so I think the Bears got this one. Broncos and the Patriots, let's go... Let's go with the Broncos. I mean, Bill Belichick's out the door this season, basically. So let's go with the Broncos. Raiders and the Chiefs. I'm going to go, uh, I don't know. The Raiders got a 63-point win. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to go with the Chiefs. This is Christmas Day. So the Chiefs are going to win that one just because the Chiefs need it. They need to stay ahead in their division as well. Giants and the Eagles. I think in Philadelphia, the Giants won't win. So I think I'll have the Eagles winning that one. But... I don't know. Come back to me in when they go to New York. That may be a whole nother question. Alrighty, Ravens and the 49ers on Christmas uh, Christmas Day. I'm I'm gonna have the 49ers. I don't think the Ravens really have that much of an answer for that defense. I think the Ravens defense was gonna struggle against the basically the offense of the 49ers. So either way, I think the 49ers are gonna win that one to run away with it. Probably to clinch the probably to clinch honestly the number one spot. 
they may clinch it this week or they may maybe get closer. So, But already, that's going to wrap things up on this episode of the Cowboys Fan vs. the World podcast. Make sure you guys follow me on all of my social media. I have Facebook, uh, Twitter, TikTok. I'm on YouTube at Cowboys Fan vs. the World podcast. I'm even on threads. Make sure you check this episode out on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. It's a great time to return, especially this close of a race for the playoffs. I'm excited to see who's going to make it. And we'll just have to see what happens right after Christmas. I hope all of y'all have a fantastic holiday and a fantastic Christmas. But until next time, I'll see y'all later.